Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Um, You know, we have interviewed over 750 advisors over the last two years, and all of their interviews were recorded. All of them are available in our archives at ExitCoachRadio.com. It's called the Audio Library, over 750 interviews, and they're uh, they're all segregated in 40 different topic file folders. So I hope you'll go there and just listen. You can listen from your computer, uh, download them to your smartphone, uh, take us with you, listen, and gain the wisdom of 750 advisors, authors, and thought leaders. My next guest is Wesley Wood. He's the CEO and president of Wood Financial Group and Advisors Academy. He's a board member of that group. And he is the founder, president, and CEO of Wood Financial Group. And they are a local independent financial services company located in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And Wesley and his dedicated team are passionate about guiding families and individuals in achieving their vision of financial success. And what we're going to talk about today is, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, I'll have to work beyond retirement. I'll just continue to work and I'll continue to find work. And we're going to talk about some of the myths and issues that you might have in finding work in retirement. So, Wesley, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me, Bill. Wesley, tell us a little bit about Wood Financial Group. Um, How long ago did you get started in the business and, and who are your typical clients? Sure. So we've had our business now uh, 10 years, uh, just about on the nose. Our, our typical client is um, getting close to at or in retirement. I would say average age is 65 years old. And um, really the way I got started, I, I started in the financial services several years before we opened up the company. And through that process of just understanding different folks and their situation, whether they're younger or older, notice that there's a big need to help the baby boomers for, for several reasons. Um, one of the main ones is that there's so many folks that are that are aging and crossing that path into retirement and getting uh, to the point where they're going to need to start using some of their, their income. Matter of fact, there's just tens of thousands of people every single minute um, hitting that baby boomer mark, hitting 65 years old. So if there is a big need to fill that gap. So we started really specializing in that, that core group of, of people. And uh, when it comes to investing, you know, it's, a, it's a, a lot different way to invest when you're accumulating your assets over time and then retiring or getting real close to it where you start protecting, preserving, and creating more of an income stream. Um, so that, that's our core group, and we've been around for about 10 years now. Yeah, that's great. It's a great marketplace. Again, if, you, uh, if you're not up on the figures, you're a baby boomer if you're born between 1946 and 1964, 75 million people. And they're hitting, uh, like Wesley said, they're hitting ages like 55 and 65 right now at the rate of about 10,000 per day. That's a huge number of people that are celebrating birthdays and wondering about their future. And so the problem is, is, um, uh, is okay, well, you know, I got hit by the, the – uh, the lost decade in the stock market and my 401k didn't grow for 10 whole years and it kind of grew a little while, but I don't know if it's going to grow anymore. It's starting to give back a little bit. So what am I going to do? Do I have enough income to retire on successfully? So what are some of the statistics that uh, I've seen some amazing statistics from you, Wesley, what are some of the statistics you've dug up on that particular issue? 
Well, you know, it, it's amazing to me that, that a lot of people that are entering into that retirement age, and think about retirement age, 65 years old, let's just kind of use that as the as the core number, but most people only have about $100,000 saved up for retirement, which is just, for for many folks, is just not going to not gonna cut it. Um, so what's happening is we're seeing many folks continuing to work, not necessarily at the same maybe company where they are, the same career, but they are having to pick up extra work just to supplement their income. Because if you think about it, um, mostly income comes from Social Security. If you have a pension, maybe there's a pension there. Perhaps you've got some other rental property or some other assets that can generate some income. But then you have your investments. So in most cases, Social Security and pension is just not going to cut it. So extra income has to come in. So we're seeing about nearly half of retirees would like to work, but most of them cannot. Um, and 72% of retired baby boomers currently aren't working to pay for retirement, but half of those folks would like to be working. Now, you say they can't, they cannot work. Um, is that because they're, they're overqualified or they just don't have other skills or there's just not jobs available in the marketplace? Uh, there's, a, there's a big mix. Um, a lot of folks say their health just will not allow them to work anymore. Um, 10% or so are unable to even find a job. Um, a lot of folks um, have to care for for a loved one, uh, so there's a there's a big there's a big mix there. Um, as far as being overqualified, what what I'm seeing is that um, sometimes that is an issue, but uh, more or less when somebody gets an, a second job or a second career, if you will, in retirement, um, it can be a big drop off from maybe what they were doing beforehand. Even if it's uh, I have some of my favorite clients work at a golf course, for instance, a few days a week just to to pay some extra bills or we'll uh, give some time at uh, some charitable foundations and sometimes get some income from there. Um, so in most cases, the folks that are working um, in retirement are actually happier than when they were working in their full career because they're kind of doing something more along the lines of what they love. They may not be making as much money, but it is at least generating a little bit of income and they're more passionate about what they're doing. Yeah, that's notable that uh, AARP, which of course is, is a huge 35 million plus membership organization for retired people over age 50, uh, yep. which I never quite, quite understood why it's so low, but uh, they have a huge uh, uh, objective or, or initiative going on called Life Reimagined to help people try to figure out what else they might want to do in their lives. But the problem is, like you said, a lot of times the jobs are being Done, those jobs are being done by younger people entering the workforce now that, uh, you know, there's only so many starters at golf courses. <laughs> there's only so many right. greeters, greeters at Walmart. You know, there's only so many of these jobs to go around. Are there emerging areas that you know of that, that people uh, have, have you heard of that people are finding other types of work? Does technology come to the rescue at all? Uh, there are some. I mean, there are some service uh, service careers where, like, there's some call centers that uh, where folks are helping. I know that you know we have quite a few of those here in the Nashville area, but we see some retirees um, going down and just helping in, in areas where they're just taking phone calls and more administrative. Uh, there's a lot of small businesses that are popping up, and we'll see folks work part time, maybe just as a as um, a secretary or a, or a help desk or a welcome center. Um, so we're, we're seeing more in the, the small business area, little jobs kind of popping up here and there. Um, but what we always advise, if there's a client that's looking at retiring and they have a full-time career, it's good to shop around and find out what's out there if they think they're going to have to work. And, you know, places like uh, monster.com or career builder or even craigslist for instance there may be some good opportunities there where you can kind of feel out your own marketplace 
Yeah, and I'm hearing from some organizations that uh, someone who's on Medicare can be a very desirable employee because they won't have to pay for their their health insurance necessarily in that kind of a situation. So there 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 are some opportunities out there, and there are some technology websites that are coming up that allow you to use your brain power. And we're really not we didn't really want to talk about that for the whole interview, but thank you very much mm-hmm. for the insights. Uh, what can people do to help prepare earlier for retirement so they don't have that dilemma, that $100,000 401k account, and where should it be? Yeah, so you, the one of the things we always talk to people about that are younger, that are still working, or even 10, 10 12, 15 years from retirement is you got to figure out how much money you need to have in your nest egg. Um, ING, which is now Voya, used to have, I think, one of the best commercials that kind of summed it up. It's called, and it was, What's Your Number? And uh, right, many of your right. listeners may remember that, but it was people walking around with this big orange number. Some sometimes it'd be millions of dollars, sometimes it'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars. But what that's um, signifying is that's the amount of money you need to have sitting in an account somewhere, whether it's retirement accounts, non-qualified accounts, or or general net worth to to generate an income stream. And there's an old 4% uh, rule of financial planning, which many people can argue whether or not that works or not. But basically, if you take your your nest egg and generate 4% of interest per year, you can pretty much live on that for a lifetime. So if somebody has a million dollars of uh, of assets, they could probably get about $40,000 a year um, off of that uh, off of that asset without having to worry about running out of retirement. Retirement income. Now there are other ways to generate more income, but if we just start there, um, that's a good planning base. So first thing is we want to figure out what's your number, and mm-hmm. then start backing into what's the best way to save up to to get to that number. Um, and you know if you if you are working, and I know you've got a lot of folks that uh, that you're talking to that have businesses and own businesses. If there's 401ks available, profit sharing and matching, um, there's great places where you can. Save in taxes now, defer that for in the future, and then pull it out once you do retire. That's a great point. And, you know, a lot of our listeners are small business owners, and mm-hmm. they or they might even be self-employed, you know, and, they, and they're thinking, okay, well, someday I'll sell my business. But the problem that we're talking about is that, of course, we'd love for them to sell their business and, and reinvest the proceeds into something that will create income. But here's right. the problem today is that a lot of people – won't be able to sell their business, and so they need to start pre-funding their retirement. And what are the best types of accounts that are available for people that have a very small business or mm-hmm. uh, or self-employed? Yeah, I mean it, it ranges, but um, you know we we have I would say a small business at our at our firm, I and mean, we employ full-time uh, six six people, and then during tax season we get up to ten eleven folks. But we started a a four hundred one k. I mean it's very simple. Uh, to, to set one up, there is some cost associated with getting it going, but you're not looking at tens of thousands of dollars. But that would allow somebody that um, uh, to put in roughly eighteen thousand dollars a year, not including matching uh, pre-tax. Um, if if you're a smaller business that maybe a 401k, you're not looking to offer that to employees. An IRA may be a good spot, or a Roth IRA, depending on uh, your tax situation. But that allows you to put money in, get, maybe get a tax break in the in the tax year that you're in. Uh, if you put it into an IRA, or you can put money into a Roth IRA where you won't get the tax break now, <clears throat> but it is a retirement vehicle to where when you hopefully make a bunch of interest on that money, you can pull it out and you won't have to pay any taxes in the future. 
Great advice. So there are a wide variety of different types of accounts. Even if you're a micro, even if you're self-employed, you can put a, you can put aside money, um, fund your own retirement, take care of yourself, push push some money ahead to that older person you will someday be, and help yourself. Now, let me ask you a question because a lot of people are saying, okay, and I'm sure you're seeing this. I'm I've been saving money diligently. I've built it up. I've got a pretty good amount. Now I'm turning 65. Like you said, your average client's 65. So now I'm, mm-hmm. i i got to go meet with Wesley and say, Wesley, how should my allocations change now that I'm 65? Most of the time, and it's a case-by-case basis, but I would say most of the time you've got to take risk off the table. Um, it comes down to you want to protect what you have. So let's just say you, you've hit that number or you're close to that number or you're over that number that we were shooting for. The last thing we want to do is, is put it to a spot to where it could potentially get cut in half. Um, the stock market is just the first place that most people think about, which is true. I mean, right now, the market from the bottom of 2009 is up over 200%. We've seen roughly a, a 10 to 15-point swing, depending on which index you're looking at. Uh, but if somebody loses 50% on their money, they have to make 100% on that money just to get back to where they were. So, unfortunately... What a lot of people did with with just poor planning back in 2006, 2007, they were maybe looking at retiring in 2009 or 10. Uh, They were getting close to where they needed to be financially and having a nice nest egg, but they had too much money in the stock market, and then they lost half of it. And if they didn't get, um, which a lot of people did, if they didn't get scared and sell everything at the bottom, even if they were strong enough to ride it out, they had to wait um, you know, roughly six years, which could have delayed retirement several years or perhaps put it off completely. Yeah, that's happened for a lot of people. And now here's the other dilemma is partially because the the feds have kept interest rates so low for so long mm-hmm. to try to stimulate the economy and get it going. Um, there aren't that many great alternatives. When you look at, say, your 401k statement, you see a lot of uh, supposedly high-yielding, unless you look in the last three months, um, high-yielding yep. stocks and zero mm-hmm. you know, or close to zero-yielding bonds and money market accounts, what's, what's some good advice for someone with, that, that's looking at those options? Because I think a lot of people have been pushed up into the, uh, the, up, the upper branches of the tree where you know, if you picture a tree when the wind's blowing, it gets pretty rocky up there. They've been pushed up into those stocks looking for yield because they don't see anything at the lower end. Yep. What, what do they do? Yep. Yeah. Well, if it's a 401k or a retirement program through an employer, um, which may or may not be for a small business person, but just the general general public has some type of 401k program, the biggest problem that we see is that they are not well built for folks that are entering retirement or that are retired. As a matter of fact, in some cases, they're some of the worst places to be because they really only give you three choices. They let you go into stock mutual stock funds, they let you go into bond funds, and then there's a cash position that literally pl- pays zero. Well, the problem is is that um, you know the, the stock positions you know are aggressive. The bond positions used to be kind of the world where you could get more of a conservative rate of return, but those are very interest rate sensitive. So you brought up low interest rates. The problem with bonds is that when interest rates are going down, bonds are going up in value. So over the last, literally, since 1980, when interest rates were 16 17%, we've seen rates just continue to fall for the last 35 years or so, and now we've literally hit a rock bottom. So there's only one way one way the interest rates can go, and it, it, most people would say they got to go up. So when those interest rates start climbing, that 
it used to be a safer spot for a 401k being those bond funds, they're probably going to get hammered. Um, so there may not be a good safe avenue within that 401k program unless you just stick it in the cash position, but we all know that's not making anything. So what most people do, uh, a lot of the savvier investors, what they'll do is take their 401k and you can roll it into a self-directed IRA whether it's with a financial planner or you're managing it yourself, but then it opens up every just about every single investment option out there in the universe, and you can kind of get more into that income-generating uh, investments that are probably more suitable for, for, for a client. Yeah, and, and I've heard that you know a lot of people don't know this, but even if you're of a certain age, say over, over 59 and a half, and you're still working and you're nervous about your 401k, you want to get a better options, a lot of times they can do what's called an in-service withdrawal and roll it over while they're still working, right? Oh, yeah, and, and sometimes there's a, there's a 59 and a half rule, there's a 55 rule, and I've seen a lot of 401ks these days. The employers have been nice enough to let you do an in-service distribution anytime. Um, so any opportunity you can do that in-service distribution, if you want to pretty much own the same funds that you have in that 401k now, you can get them in an IRA. Um, so it doesn't hurt to go ahead and roll that money over to an IRA, even if you kind of want similar investments. But then it opens you up to every single other, every single investment out there, uh, other than just the ones that you're captive to uh, within that 401k. So you definitely want to look into that. Yeah, and Wesley, that doesn't that doesn't mean they have to stop participating in the 401k. They're just kind of empty in the bucket and then continuing to save in the 401k if they want to work, right? It's just a, a way to diversify what you've already built up outside of the 401k in an IRA account, and you're not taxed mm-hmm. on it, and then and then start building up your 401k again. Yeah, yeah. So if you're still contributing to your 401k, you can literally roll out in this in-service distribution. You may be able to roll out the full amount. Um, which puts your 401k balance at zero, but then you've got an IRA with all this money that was in the 401k. You can continue contributing to your 401k just like you're doing now, get the matching and everything, uh, all the benefits of that 401k, but without the uh, problems of the 401k. So everything can continue as it is. And that can be a great option if you're if you're um, uh, you know getting up there in age. If you're over 59 and a half, you got to check with your employer. But certainly something to think about is. Maybe you can preserve what you've built up and take the worry off the table, uh, put it into something that will give you some kind of a yield into retirement. Wesley, great information. You've really helped our listeners a lot. Uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, thanks Thanks for that. Um, we're, we're located around the Nashville area, Nashville, Tennessee, um, just uh, just north. But you can check us, check our website out. It's woodfinancialgroup.net.net. Um, there's a lot of great information on there. We have plenty of videos that you can go through and kind of learn a lot more about what we talked about today, uh, learn about us as a company. So look, look us up on woodfinancialgroup.net. And I really appreciate the fact that you came in with so many helpful uh, ideas about what to do. But before that, talking about the problem that, that a lot of people think, you know, I'm just going to – I'm just gonna. Uh, reach retirement age, and then I'll just work part-time somewhere. And they really need to research and, and look into that. And you had a lot of great information there for us, too. So thanks so much for coming onto the show, and I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to the next time we talk. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. So please stay tuned.
Hi, everybody. This is Spike Reel for The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your sellability score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool. It's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 